Nick, I have like completely redone my whole space here. It will become clear later on as to why. But what I'm most happy about is like how I've reorganized things. Like I no longer have to worry about being too close to my mic because it is physically (laughs) difficult to get too close to it at this point. I'm very (laughs) proud of that though. I like, I feel like that's a, I feel like I've grown as a podcast person now that we've come, you know, over a year now that we've done this. I like it. Yeah. You're like, oh, your space is a little bit more purpose uh, purpose built then, right? Like, oh, yeah, it- for sure. It was intentional 100%. Definitely wasn't okay, just good. because I was trying to, like, clean parts of things off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, um, for sure. Nick, I just, before we go into things, I just want to say we need to start figuring out what we're going to start doing for next year, uh, you know, to replace... Uh, the kickback because Nick, n- this one that we release is going to be uh, the sixth, and the one after that is the twentieth. That's the last one of the year. So oh. I just, you know, if you have any movies, the, the third movie uh, out there, listeners, Nick, me, anybody, we need to figure out a third movie ref- title for what the entire theme of 2022 is going to be so just I don't know, toss it out there uh, i i've got some in the works but i won't i won't reveal i won't reveal okay all right well with that <laughs> without revealing anything we'll just <laughs> hop right into the show Welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of last year's podcast. I am your kickback co-host, Jeff. You, you sound very professional. I am your other co-host, Nick. <laughs> I was pulling it up. Shut up. You're stupid. Um, you. <laughs> um, this is our podcast for <laughs> a couple of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how that's what got you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really, that's quite the juxtaposition there. Yeah, I'm sorry about the insult. Uh, but yeah, we're a couple of friends definitely that uh, enjoy the camaraderie that brought about from this podcast that uh, would like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, I have wanted to talk to you about many a things over the course of this podcast where I hold it up, I put it in the notes, and I want to talk to you about it later but nick this above all things i think there's actually i really really wanted to talk to you back in the day when we had the uh uh what was it the uh the vital question cookbook Uh, oh yes yes i really looked forward to that so this doesn't trump that but this is like second to that nick you've known me for a good long time, uh, yeah. 15 years or so, something like that, give or take. I was going to say in that range, yeah. You've known, like we talked recently about Android and iPhone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And what, before before I go any farther, I, I like, can you just summarize my general position on cell phone operating systems and thoughts on things and et cetera? They don't really matter as much anymore. They, they don't really matter like, much anymore. They, yeah. There used to be differences, and the, the the tribalism was probably overblown and dumb. But there's the differences are very small now. We both we both have recently switched uh, OSs, right? Well, not re- for not, me. Not yeah, I, it's yeah, been yeah. like for, it's been like three or four years now. But oh, yeah, okay. fair for enough. Sure. Fair enough. Um, and back when we first hung out, like you were on that Mac game, and I feel like I projected that onto you, and you corrected me very like. Like very clearly that you are you yep, haven't yep. like when's the last time you've had a, a any sort of Apple sort of aside from your iPhone now 
Um, I had a MacBook until probably like, uh, or I had a Mac, uh, a, uh, sorry, an iMac until like 2011, 2012. So yeah, real recently, like yeah, barely, yeah, like, like ten, nine or 10 years ago. No big deal. I, I don't even know how to, to like ease myself into this conversation. Nick, I, the last episode that I released of our like main part of our show, not even just our Patreon was partially edited on a Mac computer. Gasp. On you've, tr- you've betrayed me. <laughs> you've betrayed me. <laughs> you've gone to the dark side. Okay. So how, how are you feeling about that? Uh, well, I feel like we need to talk about the origins of this first before we can even get to how I feel about it. Okay. Like, how do you okay, think wait, wait, I've got? How have I Mac- gotten to this point? I, I assume it's one of the new MacBooks. Uh, yeah, it is. It is one of the the new Mac- quote unquote new uh, MacBooks. Um, man, there there's so much here. So, are you aware of like the whole hardware scenario or situation with uh, with Macs right now? Like what uh, they've so gone through. I haven't followed it th- as much for this recent generation, but I know that Apple switched to doing their own uh, silicon and their yes. own. Uh, yeah. And I, yes. I've heard the Good performance job. of this new generation is fantastic. So that is. So I have been a PC person through and through my entire life, my entire life. And I could not help but be a little bit enticed by the idea that uh, Apple had now created their own hardware, had their own like magical chip called the M1. Uh, <laughs> and it, they're no longer dependent on Intel for their processors. They're like, it's basically uh, like, I don't even know how else to describe it other than it's all of the, all, all of the chips all in one. And it's all designed in a way that they can take advantage of like optimizing their software and, just it, it like the whole idea of it was really really interesting to me and so fast forward a year and then they released even better versions of that and i just i got to the point where a couple things had happened one like i'm the sort of person like i love tech i love just the general idea that cuz cuz in reality like it is a really really interesting and really really powerful idea what they're trying to do here which is have a company that is the hardware company also be the software company making all these really really robust like things that like it's not just like you and me doing podcast stuff it's like also like professional studios doing things and video companies doing things like it is it's a really really big industry and for them to take over ownership of the hardware underneath and being able to optimize their systems to that, like, it was like, wow, that is, that is really, really, really intriguing. Yeah. And I, by the way, I completely agree. And, um, I mean, so like, I don't, fo- I don't follow this stuff as closely, like the, har- the hardware changes and generation changes year over year anymore, because if I do, I am more enticed to buy stuff that I don't need. Um, but, um, I mean, so they've been on top of they've they've done very well with making their own uh uh hardware in a bunch of stuff for a long time. To me it makes a lot of sense that they would expand that to their their uh to their laptops and I think they do it for for the do they do it for the Mac minis? 
Every, the, I mean, every everything is now built on Apple Silicon. That's so there you go. For everything sure. going forward. So what they very first and did that makes was so much sense. I know uh, Intel has struggled since like seventh generation or something to like really make meaningful progress. Uh, for for listeners that don't care about that stuff, for, that means since uh, like twenty fifteen or something like that, twenty sixteen. So uh, the, like they've made. They they haven't grown. Their uh, their processors haven't gotten mu- as much better uh, generation over generation, year over year, as they should uh, should have. And it makes a lot of sense that Intel would or that Apple wouldn't want to be tied down to that when they already do such a good job and could just expand their scale to making more powerful desktop and laptop chips. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, like, it's completely integrated. Like, their whole design is. There's no reason that memory for a GPU should be different yep. than the memory uh, of like something that you're trying to do for an application. Like right. at the end of the day, that is memory, and you should be able to use it for whatever. And that is definitely not the typical PC design. Everything is dedicated right. for a particular use, which yep. definitely has like if you're talking about pure performance, everything. There is absolute benefit to having those protected resources, but if, uh, I was going to ask you, does, does uh, like how it holds up to other desktop uh, uh, comparisons? Because I'm sure that they're probably just dominating laptop performance. But does does the M1 uh, what is what's the new one called MX1 or M1X? There's the there's the M1 Pro and the M1 Pro Max. Like they definitely adopted okay. the, like the the iPhone uh, gotcha. nomenclature. Uh, but though, like at the end of the day, like if you want the absolute best top end gaming PC, absolute or sorry, I, I mean I spoiled it there. Like if you want the absolute best gaming computer, yeah. you, like Windows with all the dedicated components is definitely going to be better. But there, like the scalability of this technology that Apple is working on is absolutely wild. And I think it is really, really indicative of what the future is going to look like. It's so intuitive and what they're able to do on such small uh, form factors, like on their laptops, on the, the Mac mini and stuff like that. Like it is wild to think that they can fit something so small, like their iMacs right now, like they, they're literally like a Microsoft surface with a 24 inch screen with nothing else and somehow it's magically better than like any other desktop computer unless you spend you know a few thousand dollars on pc parts like it it is pretty it's pretty crazy how how good it's gotten no for Um, sure and i think it only because like you're you're talking about a technology that is like year two right now where like they've only been doing they've only been in the business of doing this the past couple years like I'm super, super intrigued uh, to see what they're able to accomplish. Um, any, any quick thoughts before I dive into my actual reasons for wanting to do all, all of this? Um, no, I, mean, I, I think it's really interesting. I think that's a, it's a smart move for them both to step into that space. Uh, I think Apple is totally capable of playing in that space, uh, and I think that like I, I don't like I don't want to pretend to be like somebody who like has insights, but I imagine that having only two companies, or I guess three if you count Qualcomm, making like. 90% of the chips that we use for our computers or computing devices mm-hmm. is not really ideal or uh, the CPUs we use for our comp- uh, computing devices is not really ideal. So like them uh, stepping in with Intel and uh, AMD is super cool. Uh, and I think they totally belong there. And the idea that like, you know, they, they've integrated uh, memory to be between both the GPU and the, the, the CPU is smart too. Uh, I, 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 it all makes a lot of sense to me and seems smart and like, 
by all accounts has been awesome, right? So like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, here, here's my here's my reasoning. Oh, I mean, aside from being really interested to see like how this actually plays out in practice. Um, first off, as a tech person, I feel extremely out of touch, like with anything Mac OS in general. Like, I, I feel like I maybe have gotten a little bit more familiar having had an iPhone for the last few years, but literally Nick, like I was like the guy in freaking second grade with the like Apple two or whatever it was called, like with like playing Oregon trail. Like it was, it's been, (laughs) it's so, it's been so long since I've done anything Mac OS uh, outside of like a, a phone. Uh, so like this has been a thing that I've known that has changed dramatically, but like I have been, I've had no part in it at all. Like I've been entirely PC with a flavor of Linux here and there, but like I've done no Mac OS stuff at all. Right. Uh, but, but Nick, if you want to talk to people about like what the top end, like audio editing or video editing people use, it's all like logic, uh, or, uh, uh, what's the freaking video? Um, Final Cut. Final Cut. Thank you. <laughs> You're yep. so good. Um, Is that right? I th- I thought Premiere was also really popular. Well, it's so. Uh Premiere is Adobe's uh version of that, but Final Final Cut is Apple and uh and then uh Logic is Apple as well. But like a lot of these things are all very Apple, very Mac OS centric and. Definitely, like if you, especially if you go down the Adobe uh, product line, you can get stuff on Windows as well. But, um, anyways, there's been a lot of lot, lots of Mac stuff out there, especially with Logic. A lot of the podcasts I listen to, I know for a fact, are edited using Logic. Nice. And so I've I've wanted to like learn, especially now that we've moved this to biweekly. Like I've been interested in like taking the time to learn how to use Logic and how all that works because I just think it's I don't know if I'm going to learn a skill. I think that's a cool skill to learn. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I didn't really want to buy into it um, too heavily because, as you well know, uh, Apple things are expensive. And so uh, Katie and I decided to get a MacBook Air uh, and we've since returned it uh, <laughs> in favor of buying very many more other expensive versions of the thing. <laughs> that's what i was gonna say you went for the, the the better performance right yeah well it was like one of those things like i really don't know exactly what i'm getting into but like i when i edited this last episode i really really enjoyed a lot of the things about it like one of the things that i enjoyed very much which seems really really petty but like i take all of my ideas that are podcast topics and i put them into notes on my iphone to be able to type into those same notes on my Mac completely, like completely seamlessly was like, it, like that, the amount of time that that saved me and the amount of like obvious benefit that that had was really, really cool. I really, really liked that a lot. Um, but really it was like that, but every single app that I use on my phone to be able to use that, but also to type was just I don't know. I know that there's versions of that that you can do with different apps yeah. and stuff, but like completely native. The, like, the, the I, amount I, of things. I fully understand. Like that, I fully understand. Like that, that's the thing is like it's hard because 
how much the the nativity the like the it being completely native thing matters is i think dependent on the uh, the app and the user because like for me my uh my note taking app that i use i've just held on to since i was using android is uh i mean it's it's just literally like i type two letters into my browser and i'm on the web page so like yes it's not as fast as launching an application but like is that is that a real barrier to entry for me not really but at the same time i totally see how that can be a a, like in a different use case or a different person or a different whatever that like the seamless transition between the two is really damn convenient the 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 walled garden thing is a very i i've always liked uh, loved that analogy i know it's overused as hell (laughs) but i mean it's true like it's just like yes, everything here works together. Everything here is beautiful together. You just stay inside the garden, and it's perfect. If you just don't leave, it's fine. So I want to fly through a few of these uh, different things real quick, uh, and then we'll move on. But um, okay, so my first takeaway was uh, doing anything on macOS. I did not feel like I was using an actual computer. I felt like I was using an iPhone or an iPad that had lots of features and a mouse and a keyboard. <laughs> like it, it <laughs> felt very, very, very weird and like hard to figure out the sort of things that would be very intuitive on windows. Like if I wanted to search all the files on windows, like I would know to go to like the C drive and then go from there. Right. But like, you have to you have to know the right buttons to push in order to get to that sort of same thing on on the Mac, which is really weird. I wanted to, I just like I wanted to know where things were installed, and it's like impossible <laughs> to figure out. And also, like installing like app like that is my biggest takeaway. I think as far as like weirdness is, is like installing applications on a Mac is so weird. Like you drag things like they always brings up a dialogue to like drag something to something i don't exactly know what i'm doing uh like (laughs) i don't know why i have to do this like this is a very strange very gooey centric thing that i'm being asked to do um i don't know what that's about but uh that that's all very weird that that took a while to get used to completely fair i will say uh other point was uh, my my opinions on natural scrolling. Do you have any opinions on natural scrolling, Nick? What is natural scrolling? Natural scroll. Okay, when you, right now, like, do you, you have our, our Google Doc open right now? You have a Google Doc uh, open? Yeah, I do. When you scroll, like, when you push your, I assume you have a mouse with the scroll wheel. I like do. Any civilized person should have. Yep. When, you, when you scroll up, meaning you go from the bottom and push up, does your screen go up or down? Up. Okay. I don't have I don't have like inverted axis or whatever. Yeah. Well, by default, macOS is the other way. So okay. like it took me a hot minute to figure out like <laughs> why I couldn't like I was like googling things and then I would like try to scroll down, but like I was scrolling down, but I was just going to the top of the page. I could not understand like why this stupid thing is so dumb. Uh, turns out the freaking Apple ecosystem is very because like it makes it go, like on the iPhone it, like it, it's that way like if you scroll up it goes down if you scroll down it goes up. Well, but, I think that's all phones. I think that's like all phones that are like that. Yeah, I think you're right. 
but that, like, that's intuitive. It, it feels like you are physically moving the screen, not like you are moving a scroll wheel that is like trying to. Well, is... they they seem to think that it is very much yeah, uh, I know. how it should be. Anyways, so they call that natural scrolling. And so the very first thing that I figured out how to do on the Mac was how to turn off natural scrolling. <laughs> um, what, the, the Jeff, few... Just so you know, that is, it sounds to me like you haven't played enough video games because I feel like every other video game has just has a different camera control. And I just, I, every time I, uh, I, I get a freaking video, which, you know, maybe this is like old, uh, like maybe this is my boomer moment. Um, maybe I'm just an old man now, but like every time I get a new game, which is like, you know, once every freaking six months or something, I turn it on. I'm like, I can't control the camera. I can't tr- control anything. My person's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just standing still for half an hour before I get turned around. Yeah. That's what happens when you get old. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. The thing that I thought, so a couple of impressive things. My, I have a bunch of like different network shares and stuff like that, that I use across like a bunch of different devices it literally connected to them flawlessly, like almost eerily easily. Um, like I just immediately had access to my file share to yep. like normally I have to like work hard to like connect to that. And somehow it just magically was able to do that. Um, so that was interesting. Um, so I did a good job there. Um, <laughs> my biggest, like most, my most impressed I've been so far was how it handles hotspots with my phone. Okay. Uh, so if you have a phone that is hotspot enabled, which is probably most iPhones at this point, um, like when you go to connect to Wi-Fi, if you don't have Wi-Fi, but you have your phone that it is hotspot enabled, you can literally just click to connect to the hotspot. And there's no like typing in the password or anything. It's like 0.1 seconds and you're online. It is like completely seamless. And it's, it's very, very, very cool. That's nice. Like just... To be able to click a button and now you are online with no work at yeah. all, no password, like literally completely, completely seamless. <sighs> that was really cool. Um, it does see. sound nice, to be honest. The other thing, um, man, screen mirroring on the Mac is like just so great. Like uh, I have for the longest time done lots of things where like I have through an HDMI thing or something like that. Uh, where I've hooked up to my TV, or you can like cast onto the Roku. T- like I have a bunch of Roku TVs in my house, um, so I can cast onto the Roku, and it's like it works mostly okay, and like is generally reliable <clears throat> because I have the Apple TV app installed on the Roku on all of the TVs. I think it just comes by default. I okay. literally on any TV in my house, if it's off or whatever, it doesn't even matter. I can mirror my screen and it shows up in like 0.1 seconds or i can use it as a second monitor in like 0.1 seconds like at the the tiniest of little clicks like it is the easiest thing ever i don't have any like bull crap where i have to like type in any codes where i have to it's just it works so seamlessly it is really really bizarre as a person who's done stuff where i've tried to like done do roku casting it is really really wild to see how how actual good screen mirroring works. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, I will tell you that, uh, back in the day, I like probably six or so years ago, maybe more, uh, I got given a, uh, a windows, uh, screen mirroring thing. Uh, it's like, <laughs> a, it was like an HDMI adapter that you plugged in uh, you had to run like multiple cables to because it like needed power and stuff. And it was the most jank. 
It was the most <laughs> jank, and it would also drop frames like crazy. So like, no matter what, it just I hated it. No matter what, like I was like, yep. in the best case scenario, I hated it. And yeah, I know that's not a problem with, in the Apple life. Um, okay, last thing, battery life is crazy good. Um, that's a really interesting. Um, Nick, I, last thing I want to talk about is dark mode on applications, like on phones and stuff. I don't think we've <laughs> talked about this. Dark. What's your thoughts on? Dark, dark mode, mode on applications. Dark, dark mode, dark. all the things. Every single thing that can be dark moded should be dark moded. Okay, I want to hear your reasoning behind this. Uh, it is less bright, so it is less obnoxious if I use it at night. Uh, then I am less likely to get that dumb moment of like, ah, my eyes adjusting. Uh, and it looks cooler, and th- those are those are two good <laughs> enough cooler. reasons. <laughs> those are two. Those are two good enough reasons. No. So Nick, I'm like Tell the me I'm wrong. most. No, well, here's the thing. I, you are by far the the dominant species when it comes to computer science people and how they feel about their applications and how they should look. So, like, I want to acknowledge See? that you are you are broadly correct. My but first Nick, thing I do when I install a new IDE is make sure I can turn on dark mode. Just so you know, that means, <laughs> as you well should. I here's my thing, Nick. Okay, I just. I, I have a real hard time with mo- with some dark mode applications, and I feel like that's heresy as a person who has worked in IT for the last ten years. I I have a hard time seeing things in some applications in dark mode. Like I just like I have a hard time no. differentiating certain things. Like I think like 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 depending on what operating system you're on, I think Chrome's dark mode is really crap. And like it makes it really hard to see where you're at on a website. Um, and I feel like I nobody I've never heard anybody advocate for this. Uh, but if there are applications out there that have like different options for themes and things, I almost always settle for like a slightly dark gray mode. Like I can't, I yeah, can't, so, do, I, I can't I do can the see that. dark mode. I'm wondering, it, 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 Jeff, are, do you just need glasses? <laughs> Probably. Like, well, but I mean, sure. Because <laughs> sure. I, I guess I don't, I, I, to be fair, I actually, um, my, one of my only, no, I, I have, I have Chrome in dark mode. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy, uh, Jeff. You're crazy. I, I just rock and roll with that white background right now. Um, <laughs> do you use Notepad++? No, I do not. This is what I find. I enjoy this sort of like contrast. I don't do good with the black or super dark, dark, dark color against. Yeah, anything. I, I like, like this too. I, I kind of agree. I, I think like too dark is, t- is like obnoxious, but most, I feel like most are not that, aren't that bad. So do you feel like this is offensive what I've sent you? So <laughs> I, I like look at everything. Like I literally just had the, the experience of like that was a little too bright. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I literally. <laughs> what does it look like for you if you do Notepad plus plus themes and you're just default whatever color your stupid Google is right now? Um, here. Yeah, I just I don't like this at all. I find it really hard to read. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, Jeff. No, no, I there is actually like some. Wait, why am I apologizing? Why am I apologizing? You're wrong. <laughs> Everyone loves dark mode. I get to be the right for once. Okay, before we get into our main topic today, Nick, uh, you gave me the recommendation of watching Arcane. Yeah. And we talked about it on our podcast. And we talked about how it was like 
the the sort of thing that like strikes nostalgia and also potentially like well put together show uh potentially like i i think that's kind of where we left it and and then it and then it finished and it was like not potentially it's freaking awesome it's just freaking good it's just quality television you need zero out of ten background on any sort of league of legends riot anything bullcrap like screw that like it is a legitimately very 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 good show i enjoyed it so much it's not coasting off the merits of of the ip right like at all no you're but you're totally right It, it should be like literally a master class in how to write a gray villain, right? Or not a gray villain, but like a villain that's not gray, but that is still, um, still very likable. I don't very know what you mean exactly, but like it is the sort of thing where there's clearly like a good and bad, but yes, you also can't help yourself but feel for both sides of it. Yes, like I, this. This seems very dramatic of a thing to say. But, like, it literally made me feel, like, the sort of way that I felt when I watched Dark Knight, which is crazy. <laughs> That's right. freaking, yeah. uh, like, a like a hundred, hundreds of millions of dollar production and huge writing staffs that, like, have done this for an entire career. Um, and and, it wasn't an anime. It wasn't <laughs> an anime. A video game. <laughs> but they, they, I mean, they it played anime? it really I well. I, I said that. Like, I don't watch anime or have friends. Who, I, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if people would distinguish it that uh, that way. But, like, you're you're totally right. Like, they, they it, it doesn't feel amateurish or, yeah. It just felt like an am, uh, an ambodated movie. I could talk good. It just. Word, I, me, me word good. <laughs> it's It's hard. It's a podcast and it's a hard gig, you know? Um, yeah. It was really well acted. Like, the voice acting was great. The yeah. writing was great. The the animation was great. Like, general cinematography. I don't know if that's what you actually would say about a thing that's not actually filmed. But, like, the whole thing was put together really nicely. And uh, But my wife, who has, like, no background in League of Legends anything, wanted us to watch it. Much more than I had the actual time to watch it. Um, so <laughs> any any sort of time where like, oh, this is right up Jeff's alley. This is the thing that he wanted to watch for forever because it's right up the thing that like he's wanted like, or the the sort of game that he played and like it like it checked all the boxes for me. And we started watching it together. And then for me to be pulled along to be able to like find time to watch it. And then like I would fall asleep and you would finish watching an episode. And then I have to wake up the next morning and watch it to catch up. Like it was really good. So Nick, you know what? We've had lots of random recommendations on the show, but I, I appreciate you bringing that to the table because that was, that was really enjoyable. And I highly recommend it to any listener. I, I totally agree, and I'll I'll finish this. I don't want to belabor the topic, but like I'll finish this by saying, uh, one, what, it, dude, was that last like twenty minutes just absolute edge of your seat, like break your break your heart in a million different ways, and also fantastic in every every aspect that could possibly be fantastic, dude. Oh my gosh, the whole last, oh man, I the end. Uh, I wanted it. I wanted it to keep going so bad. <laughs> I know. So bad. I know they oh, they left yeah. it at such a good point, but, but yes, like the, I, the, the, the all the final scenes were just so good, just so everything. I so mean, perfect. the whole series is fantastic. It really, it really, genuinely is, and like it's the sort of uh, show where you're not hearing a story; you're hearing like four different storylines at the same time, and. 
typically when that sort of thing happens, like I remember like uh, watching Game of Thrones uh, of all things, uh, th- th- it would be like I would really want to get back to a particular storyline and like the rest of it was just kind of somewhat entertaining. But at the end of the day, like I was more interested in a particular like area of the story that was happening. Yeah. Um, this w- was completely the opposite. I was completely invested in all of them, and I definitely wanted to get back to the other ones, but also the second that the other one picked up, like, I was, like, right back into, like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm back invested to this, like, little subplot, and I really want to know what's happening right yeah. now, and that's really, that's, that's unique, that's very I, good. I, I agree, and I will also say, every time I wrote off a character as kind of being one-dimensional, like, they sh- uh, they shocked me, I got... Uh, halfway between shocked and surprised, and went yeah. for surprised. Sh- surprised. They surprised, yeah, they surprised me by just being like, "Oh no, there's another, there's another element here that you're not considering. There's another motivation. There's another reason for this character trait that you're not considering." And they like rounded out all the main characters very, very well. Yeah. Uh, as you know, Nick, I I really do enjoy sciency type stuff. Yes, and. There's been an interesting time in our culture just around science in general, and I want to kind of fight the weirdness around that and just talk about how appreciative I am of a particular thing that has happened over the last uh, 50 years or so. Nick, how much do you know about how mRNA vaccines work? Little. Do you know any of the history or anything as well, or is this? Do I get to take you down a journey together? Take me down a journey, dude. Take me down a journey. So, mRNA. Yeah, I'll learn how to say this by the end of this podcast. I bet I won't. It's fine. It's it's really (laughs) weird because I've read it seventy five million thousand times. How many times have I said it in my normal day to day? Not very many. Um, So the story of mRNA. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I took so long. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. So the the story of mRNA vaccines is pretty crazy. Uh, the whole situation around how we've gotten to where we are is is very interesting. Before I dive into kind of explaining what it is in general and also how we've got here, uh, like just to like set level where we're at with like vaccines in general, like just the more like mainstream vaccines. It's normally something that you were like using a piece of a pathogen um, or something that is a dead pathogen or a weakened pathogen and teaching our immune system based on what we're injecting into our bodies to say like, Hey, here's something that uh, is this thing or a weakened version of this thing or a dead version of this thing. Uh, learn how to fight it. Uh, and we'll do lots of tests and we'll iterate on that a bunch of times until we come up with uh, a vaccine for things. That's like, that's literally any, anything that you've gotten like a- as a kid growing up or any okay. recent time, that's kind of how that's always worked. Does that seem okay. at least reasonably familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that checks, like, check, like that is a more thorough explanation of base, my basic understanding of it, right? Okay. Fair enough. And the, the problem with that is, is like people think of, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is not the case for everybody, but I always thought of a vaccine as something that would be manufactured, meaning, like you would just put the ingredients in and then you would ship it off to the places, inject it in the arms, and then it turns into the, like the vaccine response, the immune response, and then you're good. 
I've never really given a, any thought to how uh, how a vaccine's made, but that, that that would line up with what I would have like if you had, if you had asked me that probably would have been how my my brain would have assumed. Right, right. You, it, like you yeah. put the, put the ingredients in, put it together, put it in packages, ship it out, keep it cold or whatever, and there you go. Turns out it's like a, a common a common thing that gets tossed around is like it's a lot closer to like how you make beer than how it is like making like I don't know uh, a laptop. <laughs> it is that's not really very reassuring. Well, it's <laughs> like you you have to grow it. You have to grow stuff. Like you have cultures and you have to grow it all. And like some yields are better oh, than other sense. yields. Like it, I guess maybe a less. <laughs> no, that, that makes perfect sense. Less like right? beer, but like it's more like a crop than like something that you would just like manufacture and screw the parts into and then ship off to the manufacturer. Or I mean, off to the the warehouse and they would distribute it or whatever. Right. Like it, like it is a you have to grow. It's a it's a biological process. Interesting. It, mRNA works similarly in the sense that like it is something that we cultivate and then inject into our bodies but it's not like the antigen itself it is actually the the instructions on how we make uh that antigen specifically it makes proteins but most like the important parts are if not all of the parts that are relevant uh to an antigen are proteins so it's instructing our body uh through mrna to uh, to make this sort of protein combination. And when we very, very first started doing this, it was an interesting thing. Like we could, we could show that it could be done, but our body is like really, really good at noticing like, Hey, like this random mRNA thing that we're seeing here, like this is like normally bad. Like this little stuff that like causes tumors and stuff. So we're going to like nuke this, like super fast ultra fast <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like like gandhi and civilization after you've gone far enough into the game like this is not good this is out of the game not interested uh and we got better over time like that was really the biggest thing is like how do we get this thing into our body actual things that our immune system can then use to learn how to fight against whatever antigen that it is what, so, what a weird issue! Like our our freaking immune system working too well to well the the crazy thing is a, like it's actually it actually is what makes us us like our immune system does that sort of thing constantly yeah. like it, it is very very good at not being tricked by stuff that's why this is stor- this sort of thing is very difficult like at, we're very very good at staying alive against different <laughs> things that would like well, very much to kill speak us speak for yourself okay speak for yourself nick i mean <laughs> we have a segment called this week i hurt myself like the fact that i am still walking and you know living like there's we're very very <laughs> willing to just take on risks in our environment just say don't count me out yet. our body but, figures but you, it out okay i mean sure yeah there's there's still years to go you haven't made it that far yet. You're not you're not above the median Thanks. age of the United there States you go. yet. Bam. See? Bam. Yeah. So um the the cool thing about this, this isn't like this is like cutting edge stuff that we've only started working on in the last five years, which is more or less what it kind of feels like. Like if you hear in the media, like I certainly haven't heard about this for my entire life. Right. Um, me neither. So back in the late eighties and uh, mid nineties there was a doctor named uh, Katlin Kariko, and she was a Hungarian biochemist. And she was really a person who understood the potential, not how to do it, but the potential of mRNA to fight disease. 
And she spent a, an absolute ton of time like applying for grants and trying to get funding to do, uh, you know, figure out ways to do research. She, in 1990, uh, she actually did get a, a, a sizable uh, a grant to try to make this work in mice. And she was able to do that to some limited success and continued to like further the research. She started to work with uh, a collaborator at uh, Penn, uh, who was Dr. Drew Wiseman, who would be a person who would she, she would continue to work with throughout her entire career, even to this day, who is a immunologist. And he was the, the person who really was focused on not necessarily understanding the technology between mRNA and how that can be used by the body, but more so trying to understand how to stop the body, how to trick the body into using mRNA, like not just immediately nuking uh, mRNA as soon as it entered the body. So a good combination of people, somebody who really understood uh, immunology and a person who really understood uh, mRNA. Yeah, that makes sense. This continued on, but with limited funding, uh, so Carico ended up getting uh, demoted to being just a, not like an actual, like a full uh, professorship. And also in the mid-90s, she got diagnosed with cancer. And uh, oh, also her husband ended up getting stuck in Hungary to deal with some visa stuff, which obviously would be an extremely hard time. Um, and so as the person who's literally the leading mRNA uh, researcher going through, you know, losing funding, going through cancer, having her husband stuck overseas. Uh, it was, it really, really put a damper in what was able to, you know, progress in that field. And a lot of the the people in the field of immunology also thought that it just, it was not a stable enough opportunity to do this sort of actual work that she thought was possible. But Catelyn didn't give up and continued to do work. And Drew Wiseman and her uh, continued to make some progress. And I think it was in 2005, they made the breakthrough of figuring out how to have a mRNA, uh, like a synthetic mRNA injected into a person that would not immediately get destroyed. They figured out how to like edge it uh, on both sides with proteins that made it look like things that the body had actually made, uh, which would then allow the mRNA to start generating whatever proteins that it was uh, designed to do, which is really, really fascinating because what that meant was if you can edge mRNA with proteins that make it seem like it's the body so that the body doesn't immediately destroy it, then you can feed in the middle part the instructions on how to feed, like how to how to build whatever protein structures it is that you're trying to build, which makes it extremely versatile to the extent that like once you start to figure out how to do this, like you would be able to say like okay, I want you to build this particular protein because that's the antigen that we're trying to build uh, a vaccine against, or this particular protein that's completely different, but is using the exact same technology. Everything else is the same around it. It's just different instructions from the mRNA on how to make that protein. And so like the, the idea was like, wow, holy cow, if we can actually get this to work now, now that we've proven that we can do it, this would be, uh, this would be something that we could make like vaccines for a ton of things. It sounds like it's not just uh, applicable to like any specific disease that, yeah, that that's super freaking useful. It's super crazy. I, I am always so impressed when I hear about researchers because I know that researchers have such big hurdles that you don't like really think about like funding and whether or not they have a belief in others and uh, distance for a lot of people. Like it, it's just incredible to me that they, these two people like 
stuck with it uh, and kept going at it, it uh, even through like you know funding issues or whatever. Uh, that's that's super. That, that's always like I feel like whenever you hear stories about a about a researcher or like some kind of scientific breakthrough, you hear stories of, like that uh, sprinkled in as well, and it's it's super impressive to me. And I'll I I mean I hundred percent agree. And part of my reasoning for wanting to share this was one of the. One of the videos that I watched in doing research about this whole subject, which was even honestly before I even knew that I 100% wanted to do it on the podcast, was one of the one of the videos I shared was like just really explaining how long that this went on and like like the, nobody believed in this technology for a couple decades worth of research that was more or less unfunded to the extent that it would ever actually need to be. And for somebody to believe, like a couple people to believe in it for a couple decades, especially, especially Catlin, like to go through, cause, cause like Drew yeah. did other things too. Uh, but like for her to like stick to this, but she, but she, he was, he was, uh, you know, like the, se- the second person to come on and didn't have the earlier struggles, I'm sure. And yeah. Well, yeah. And, and like, I don't want to under, undercut what Drew Weissman did either because, uh, they both say like neither one of them could have figured this out without the other, and I hundred percent believe that. Like that's a thousand percent true, but like just the the endurance to do that as a woman in the science industry back in the you know eighties nineties uh, early two thousands like that's not a super easy time, especially as a person who wasn't from you know a, a super wealthy country uh, and like just there's so and to go through cancer and all these other things and to stick with something that nobody believed in for so long yeah th- like that had to have been absolutely uh you know a very very uh, energizing thing to have happen when you realize like hey this actually has a lot of potential and oh go ahead no just completely agree yeah yeah 100% so anyways they end up figuring this out and they start doing trials for vaccines. Cause that's like the very obvious thing that they've kind of been working toward. mRNA stuff can be used for a lot of different things, not just vaccines against, you know, pandemics and such, but like it has lots of other applications, but that was like the most obvious thing is a very, very fast way to make vaccines uh, that we just have not been able to ever do before. And so we started doing trials again, not super well-funded trials, mind you. And it was really, really slow moving until, uh, you know, the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 where funding quickly became not a problem anymore. And something changed. Something changed. Uh, so when when the pandemic started to look like a pandemic, uh, everybody was out looking for you know different ways that we could try to create a vaccine for this thing, and especially by you know all you know traditional approaches, it would take an astronomically high, huge amount of money to be able to have anything reasonably good in uh, you know using conventional means you know, in the next year and a half or so. And so obviously somebody who was working on something that was supposed to be much quicker and a little bit more bleeding edge, uh, especially for this sort of thing, got a lot of looks. And ultimately, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, a lot of, you know, what BioNTech, which is the partner with Pfizer and then Moderna, uh, they both licensed the technology that uh, Drew Weissman and Catelyn Carrico made, uh, 
And uh, ultimately, I mean, that's the sort of thing that changes an entire population of people, uh, an entire generation of people. Like, it's the stuff that I have in my arm right now. And yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty wild that this all was a thing that was thought to be not a big deal for decades and then got absolutely thrust into the future because of a pandemic. And it's not to say... You know, there's a lot of crazy things that happened from World War II, for example, like a lot of technology that was completely, you know, thrusted well off into the future that would have never happened without it. That's not to say that that is not without the tragedy of, you know, thousands and thousands, millions of people that had died. The pandemic will be no different. But I do think it is it is going to be one of those little asterisks that uh, that we look back on, in my opinion, and realize, like, man... At least we got a, a jump forward in a technology that can be life-saving, right? Yeah, like, like just the same way that in World War II, we, we thrust forward our ability. Like, we uh, that was when penicillin became a thing that was able to be oh, used. Geez. and Like, it just really did thrust into the future what we would ultimately right. do. And it, it, it's not to say that that should be something that just completely overshadows all the suffering that happened. Like I, I certainly don't want to no, give that but- message, but when we look back on it, it's, it won't be without at least, you know, some, some things that were, were positives that ultimately impact humanity for the better. And I just thought it was absolutely amazing to have that happen from a person who threw all, all these different things that made it, all all the excuses that you could possibly give to give, make a person give up, I would have given up a thousand times before uh, Catelyn did and, and Drew Wiseman did. But to, to hear that they kept going and they just enjoyed doing it. And it, it, honestly, like I'll send you, and maybe I'll put it in the uh, the show notes. There is a the video that's absolutely just a wonderful, like hearing them talk about it. Um, no, that's so, that's... That's so like inspiring. It's it's like it it makes me think that like you know there's the it, it gives you like a a it's it's the absolute positive of what like the medical and and or academic uh, fields should be right like the, like it should be a world where we can persevere through doubt and uh, obstacles and overcome to uh, learn and push forward our collective knowledge and our collective uh well-being through technology like that's that's so cool that's like literally what you 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 like get told is like the point of it all right yeah no like i think like how i would like uh reduce that down is like it just it's the very pure version of what science is and like what what this human experiment is like yes it that is the good part (laughs) there's lots of lots of things that we ignore on this podcast that are all the rest of the things uh but this is my opinion this is the good things like this is this is science helping people save lives it's just good and and good people doing it nonetheless despite adversity it's really cool um very very cool i do want to read two of the quotes because i i just love the i loved these people so much. They're such fantastic people. Um, Catelyn Carrico has the, the absolute most adorable accent ever. She's the best. Um, but anyway, so Drew Wiseman, one of the quotes that I liked of his, and I think both of these are in the, the interview I'll link, but uh, his thing was, he, he's a very, he's a very, he's a very scientific minded person, very black and white, like not one to be necessarily caught up in emotion. He basically he said most of my colleagues or he said something along the lines of most of my colleagues were pretty upset at me. I had already when the when the uh, when the Pfizer vaccine moved into third phase trials, 
I had already moved on to other things mRNA could do, such as working on a pan-coronavirus vaccine, malaria vaccine, sickle, sickle cell anemia, peanut allergies, and other stuff. Like, just, he had literally already moved on to all the other things that he knew that this sort of technology could do, and just i just i love that sort of scientific rigor of like yeah that's cool but i already figured that out i don't have time I mean, to you know. celebrate there's there's too <laughs> there's too many good things i can work on the the thing that i already did that is also like um, one of the most important breakthroughs <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's uh, nice no no time to rest of my laurels i guess uh yeah <laughs> yeah well that that i i have i sent you this video because that's literally what he says he says i don't no. take time to rest on my morals that is no, no. that's really good though <laughs> good job nick um Thanks. and then uh catlin says at, at the end in response to uh like hearing uh people send her letters about how they were uh, so grateful to be able to you know visit family for the first time in a long time she said it was very enjoyable to be a scientist is a joy and I like that a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's like literally the dream. Yeah. All right, Nick. Jeff, that was Jeff. That was a really, really good topic. You, you nailed it. That was good. That was. Yeah, I liked I, it. I, I liked it. I like. I felt that was really, really awesome. <laughs> like I was like, oh, <laughs> I like these two. These guys are awesome. Um, so. You, Nick. I will send you the I, the video. You I absolutely have to, to watch I'm, it. I'm honestly excited. I'm gonna. I'm they gonna are the most adorable people in the world, and the best. They are the best. They're the best we got. <laughs> so. They're the best we got. All right. All right. I believe. I believe. Um, I don't even have the show notes pulled up. Uh, we're just going to have it the whole time. We'll do it live. Nick. All right. We're going off to <laughs> record our Patreon-only podcast, uh, which is definitely, definitely true and hasn't already been recorded before now. Um, <laughs> you can definitely check that. We're, oh, man. This is so weird. Our, our schedule is very strange right now. Um, anyways. We have a good time just talking about things a little bit more short form. Uh, if you want to check that out, it's dropped on the off days, um, off, the off Mondays of when our regular shows. Uh, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Tywasap. Yep. You can also find, uh, follow us at Tywasap on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And you can find all of that at Tywasap.com. All right, Nick. I think this is the part where I say thank you for potting with me. I, I think you are right. Uh, you're welcome, sir. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you all for listening.